0: All righty, you're listening to the imperfect allies. I'm Chris and I'm Richie and we have an awesome show for y'all today as we are getting into our series. We are just opening it up as we break down W.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington. And this week we're starting off
1: with Du Bois. But before we hop into that, Rich, how you doing? I'm tired today, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know a little bit tired, but that's all right. I'm good. I'm good to uh, I'm good to go. How about you? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, tired is a good word. Um, <laughs> I
0: feel like there's a little exhaustion I have, too, just from, you know, trying to take in all of the content that uh, yeah. W.B. Du Bois drops in his book, Solo Black Folk, and I'm... Yeah, that that was a arduous task. It was it was tough. It was a lot of work. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think he's he's uh, not only, like, a profound thinker, but he's just a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. And so the each sentence is like rich and full it, so it's it's not it is a very full course meal like <laughs> yeah. um you know what i'm saying so i mean it's uh... It's really good but really dense material, so
0: Yeah, it is. And I know originally I think we we talked about having a, a single episode on this topic, but this one this one might take a while. We'll see how we go in the recording. But I think I was I was on chapter three and I had already written like a novel of notes. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh God, this
1: is gonna, so gonna be yeah. a lot. We'll take our time with it, and and just to give uh, the audience an example of what I was talking about. So this is from uh, I don't know this is what chapter chapter six of the book. It says, "To stimulate wildly weak and untrained minds is to play with mighty fires. Mm. To flout their striving idly is to welcome a harvest of brutish crimes and shameless lethargy in our very laps." I mean, just that sentence alone. <laughs> that was one sentence. That was oh, one sentence you know that has this wonderfully written beautiful imagery and and it's just chapter upon chapter of that stuff so um yeah it's a it's a it's a wonderful book and and well worth the read and well let's let's i guess start diving in you know for our listeners
0: who you might not have had the opportunity to read the book or you have read it we're just going to walk through some of the concepts that we felt like stood out but first just giving you a background of who mm-hmm. wb the Bois is because i think as we're framing this around him and Booker T, it's so starkly different, their upbringings. You know, yeah. like they're from two different worlds, two different walks of life completely. Yeah. And I don't think that can be ignored. Mm-hmm. So, just to give y'all a quick rundown, W.B. Du Bois was born in uh, Massachusetts. So that's New England, that's the North, right? That's, mm-hmm. you got um, no slavery, right? So mm-hmm. he's a black man. Um, born into maybe like a a fairly integrated community right now there's still racism as he talks about in his book but he's not growing up in slavery and his family um, is very uh, focused on education as he ends up graduating from harvard and um also the University of Berlin, right? So he's a very studied individual. He, he's actually the first black person to get a doctorate um, at Harvard, which is, I mean, that, that says everything, I, I think. I mean, how many of us even make it to Harvard, let alone be a pioneer? <laughs> anyway. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he goes on to found, he's, or he's, he's one of the instrumental founders of the NAACP. And, uh, also eventually in his time, he ends up working and kind of talking for like the United nations and things that lead to becoming that. And Mm -hmm. he is clearly a thoughtful, educated individual. And so his look on racism is he's kind of the founder of sociology in this space. And he's coming at sociology in a very scientific way uh, as he's studying black folk. Like that's this book is maybe like a dissertation. It's like his scientific work on analyzing the differences in the cultures and the peculiar situation of being um, black or African heritage in the European white space. Yeah. And
1: and, and oftentimes he will. He'll use this device where he will um agree with critic agree with them in a very very harsh way so like uh, there are times in the book when he when um he talks he talks in, in language that is even i think even difficult for uh definitely white progressive ears like mm. like he'll say things like okay say we're brutes say all you know black men are, are the brutes that we're, were and then go on with this uh logical argument that mm-hmm. even so, they need education. So, so it's it's um, it's it's a book that's that like a lot of um, truth, <laughs> is uh, can make hard. you uncomfortable and hard yeah. and and uh, what uh, we talked about. I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago. But like uh, the psychiatrist and Ted Lasso, uh, the the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's definitely some of the things that pop up in the book.
0: Yeah, yeah. and. I I respect that he takes the logical arguments of the time and you know some of them still persist today, mm-hmm. that he he'll he'll say, Okay, if this is so, then let's look at this from that lens and then let me argue you know the negatives of that or or how to look at it um but it's very clear he's a proponent of education he Mm -hmm. he believes that um to be set free is to be able to pontificate and study and learn and think um on these issues and and uh, i mean you 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 can't deny what it's done for him and what it's done for many people uh education is uh a pillar of success in our culture, in Western society. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, the irony, I guess, I feel like with Du Bois is the European education he has is some form of an assimilation as well. Like he, Mm -hmm. I don't know if he necessarily addresses how uh, similar he is in the crafts of like Booker T. Washington learned the trades from white people Mm -hmm. And W.B. Du Bois learned education from white people. Mm -hmm. Um, And he talks a little bit about how uh, at Reconstruction, a lot of the initial hurdles were being overcome by white teachers coming to the South to educate and build schools and help foster education. And so uh, he, he he he. addresses those truths but i don't know if he uses that to reflect on his own assimilation based on booker t's uh, and i just thought that kind of stood out to me but Uh, One thing I wanted to point out was W.B. Du Bois also felt like there was needed to be some unity amongst all black people in general. So when I'm speaking of this this riff or this tiff between him and Booker T, I don't want that to be taken as Du Bois had an opinion that there are untouchable black people or anything like that. He's actually one of the founding members of the Pan-African movement which mm-hmm. is a worldwide movement of basically trying to bring black diaspora people together. Mm-hmm. So you know, I just wanted to point that out as we talk about Du Bois. It's just to clarify, he
1: is about the unity of the culture. They just yeah. have two different ways of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of speak, I found the quote that I, I thought was really interesting, to speak about education and how high he esteemed it. Um, he's talking about educating black people, specifically black men, in this section but he, he said only that uh selfishness which education teaches can find the rights of all in the world of work so like the idea is that on or at least what i pulled from the this little section was like education is so important because it's it's enlightenment. it's it's what shows us what our rights are and that's a very western thought right mm-hmm. and so and and i want to i want to kind of acknowledge that that as much as like you know there could be uh a dichotomy set up, and then oftentimes. Are like we do. We're doing it in the show as well, like this Booker T versus Du, Bo- du Bois uh, dichotomy. Uh, they really all work within the frame system or the, the framework of Western thought, and that yeah. includes imperialism and colonialism and all those things. So they're affected as much as I, you know, in different ways, maybe. But as much as I am now, as much as you are now, by by that. Um, and I think it's it's really like astute to acknowledge that because I don't think it is a ton. You know, what right. I mean? like still we're all still like these are all the still settlers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: Um, and again, that's a, a bigger dichotomy to, to, mm-hmm. to zoom out on that we don't often do. And maybe it's not necessary in some of the debates and arguments and discussions. But it is good, especially on this podcast, where we really are looking at um, the full ecosystem that we're in mm-hmm. and being able to d- discriminate the differences and how it shows up in, in different other cultures. Mm-hmm. I 100 I percent agree that education allows you to uh, be set free and be able to challenge different ideas. And and that's what it was intended to do. That's kind of like the mission of Mm -hmm. education, right? Now, in our schools nowadays, it's almost um, an assembly line of, Mm -hmm. you know, workers, right? But Mm -hmm. when you get into higher ed, the goal, it might not always reach this goal, but the goal is to have people willing to challenge themselves, challenge their society, challenge their own thoughts and question, right? Mm -hmm. And so... I I can see how when you have a, a population who it was illegal to read. It was a, it was mm-hmm. frowned upon. If if you're doing anything in the South, if you're black that would lead to you challenging something, yeah, they're not right. gonna they're not gonna be on board with that. Right. And so And there was the limits too in the mean, north.
1: there's limits in the north as well. Right, right. You know what Just in general. Like, yeah. Like the same like there they maybe had a higher ceiling, but there was definitely still a ceiling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. <laughs> and so yeah. um it, it, it's very clear that I, I reconstruction
0: south is a time for a lot of people to get educated but in souls of black folks um the voice often talks about how not all of the people are what would you say hungering for the knowledge you know sure like there are different groups yeah and this is that same thing that i brought up with you or just asked you about mm-hmm. race and and what it's like in the white community right not mm-hmm. everyone wants to be that college-educated individual and in trades are there as well. And so that same split exists in the black community. And I found that to be interesting because I think boy still says, no matter what, you need to be college-educated. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I, I think that, you know, um, I think the problems that he sees are still the same problems that we see today. Mm. Oh, you know yeah. I mean, like, I, I think, you know, his, uh, some of his examples where you've got folks that want to be in class, but can't because they have to work
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and those that don't want to be there you know are are there and not maybe not progressing and just I don't know it's it's it felt like um it felt very modern even though it was 150 years this book was written 150 something years ago yeah um it was very modern which it, is wild yeah yeah and uh and it's and it's one of those things where they just uh access is still an issue you know what I mean and it, and I think that that access Is um, not not just race, but also socioeconomic. Um, But I think often in the modern discourse, the racial component is dismissed or easily dismissed. And that you know, like a lot of times when I have conversations, especially with folks that are have never even considered race even to be an issue in the country, Uh, they're much like you know, kind of get over it, it's it's over kind of thing. Uh, Even when they begin to acknowledge that, okay, maybe there is some systemic race, race racist stuff going on in the country, they are way more comfortable having the conversation about socioeconomic stuff because it relates hmm. to them as well because right. poor poor whites and poor blacks are still both poor and have those poor problems and and this country is full of poor whites <laughs> you know what i mean it's a lot of them and and um and i think it's it, i think it's natural to want to you, you know associate with some with somebody else right to yeah to to see yourself in someone else so i mean i get it at the same time i think it's really important that we acknowledge a different experience and one that from a different experience from the same authorities and powers and things like that you know what i mean so yeah getting treated differently because of um just your melanin content is is still a thing and it's a it's a systemic thing yeah i mean that's one of his
0: quotes and this is again he's talking about different century but the problem of the 20th century is the problem of the color line Mm -hmm. and that might still be a similar problem in 2021 maybe not said exactly the same way Mm -hmm. because we have integration but there's there's still this same kind of issue but did you did you the, the part that was crazy to me was when Du Bois was doing his um, sociology work and focusing on the differences in um, slavery and um, reconstruction with hmm. the relationships of the two cultures. So like during slavery, if you were a poor black, meaning um, like you would have been more of a trades guy, you would have been more of a, you know, not the, the house guy, like you would have been out slaving away you were also around poor whites who kind of had that same ideology and, and, and work ethic worldview kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if you were one of the, you know, more, more likely if, if there was freedom to be an educated black guy, right? You yeah. were in the house, you were treated a little different and you were then around white folks who were also of that same yoke. Right. So what he was saying was during slavery, you were more likely to be around someone. Who thought like you? Yes. And then after slavery, uh, you see this kind of separation where the act, the the highest class of black was around the lowest class of white. Yeah. And um, this riff caused more problems because now you have maybe what we call uppity. Yeah. Um, you have this type of black person or negro as it used back in the day. So you have mm-hmm. an uppity negro around poor white folks, right. and that is a judgment. On the poor white folks that you have this successful black family near you and that's where the violence ensues that's where this this discontent comes from because the the communities that are next to each other are actually furthest from similar to each other i well, found that's,
1: that super interesting yeah and uh, the the i think from the from the white perspective it's a violation of the social contract hmm. because you know when when slavery started, not everybody was white not you know Irish, Italian, Jewish folks yeah. weren't considered white um, even even uh, poor English <laughs> right what, what yeah. um, you know and and so the contract when 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 uh, shadow slavery really started going, there was pushback from from these other non-white white people mm. until the idea of whiteness was expanded to those And so mm-hmm. the idea of whiteness, Says that you're higher, you know, higher on the social stratus, you're higher on the economic stratus, you're better, you're closer to God. All these like, you know, sort of awful things um, that demarcate one of, you know, one brother from the other, one cousin from the other. Um, and then when a poor white sees someone that's supposedly lower than them in this higher status, it's it's uh, it it destabilizes their worldview mm-hmm. because I'm i been told I'm better. I've been told I'm higher, and then I have somebody. So, what does that mean about me? How low am right. I? How low am I? So, it's to me, I, I think it's built into the system because it's a system of control. Um, right. And and to see like during during even during slavery and and uh, to a lesser extent Reconstruction, because Reconstruction there's a little there was more segregation, um, but like there was a lot of integrated poor whites and poor blacks. Oh, you know. Yeah um and but at the same time you couldn't raise it's much like the collective stuff that we've talked about you couldn't raise above the collective Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know what I mean so the collective rules said you know I'm white but I'm broke you're you're black and you're broke so we're going to work together and live together and I mean have sex and and trade and teach you know but when if if there's ever opportunity the whites go first I mean, that's, you know, and anyway, so. yeah.
0: Well, and I I like just that you mentioned how slavery was about control, because, you know, the history of slavery in America, it it started with Native American slavery Mm -hmm. and Native American enslavement. And that wasn't effective because the natives knew the land so much better Mm -hmm. that they could not be controlled. And so, so then it became, you know, serfs and it became the, the, um, Prior to them being white, the immigrants that were coming over that could not afford to be um, free men, I guess, right. they had their um, uh, their their servitudes that were based on time bounds. Mm-hmm. But what became confusing was, you know, the argument of the time bound. Uh, hey, I'm a free man now. You can't tell me what to do. No, you still have a, a two years in your contract. Right. You know, these disputes started to pop up with white slaves, yeah. and it was harder to control and regulate. And yeah. then someone said you know what if we keep shipping people that look completely different than us this is easy to control they're just slaves boom no questions asked And, um, and, and so a lot of the foundation of slavery it wasn't solely for the inferiority of black people, right? That is just a myth to, it's almost like a marketing campaign for the institution of slavery to promote it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to have masters who know the tactics of making sure the black people stay feeling inferior, right?
1: Easy to to recognize. And to me, there's a lot of parallels today. So hmm. what do we, our groups, we break into easily recognizable groups, you know, and it, it may not be our skin color anymore, but it's our it's what's on the back of our car, it's what's on our lawn signs, those kind of things. Um, and it's easy to put them in a particular category and say that they're uh, this thing or the other. You know, You're right? It's the same. It's the same kind of principle of of control. Uh, yeah, control and easily. Okay, I yeah. easily pinpoint you, uh, uh, you. You see it in social media now, like if. Uh, I mean, Facebook Facebook divides up people into their little, you know, they got little circles. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. pro rep or pro dem or you know, pro life or pro choice. You know, like they, it just we see that a lot, um, a lot still in yeah. modern culture. Yeah. And and uh, and one thing at the time, the two that not a lot, you know, I don't know that it, I don't think it read anything in Du Bois that talks about it, but uh, during the time during the time where this kind of uh, chattel slavery was being birthed, like. The UK or the England also sent, like it did to Australia, a whole bunch of criminals here. Mm -hmm. And they sent them as indentured servants, you know, and and they and so um, we have we are we are I don't know that many Americans know that Mm -hmm. that a lot of a lot of our early population came from the same boats that, you know, from England that that went to Australia uh, later. So, um, yeah. It's just something
0: those that's that, there those that the Europe, Europeans didn't want to contend with anymore right so you right. have the progressive religious groups that like hey we don't we don't want to contend with y'all anymore so right. the progressive religious groups came the uh criminals came mm-hmm. uh, just all yeah. sorts of uh, untouchables i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> basically came over and, and founded the country um but it, it, it was important for the institution of slavery to have a group that they could identify and then make strict rules on like they weren't able to be educated right. And i i just want to share this quote from the book because um, i really i this this is the truth about education and i think this is what we're dealing with today mm. in the 21st century because um uh, we're seeing a lot of radicalism and we are we know that college is the number one thing the country is pushing for growth and upward mobility and so this is a quote here the south believed and educated negro to be a dangerous negro and the south was not wholly wrong for education among all kinds of men always has and always will have an element of danger and revolution of dissatisfaction and discontent nevertheless men strive to know i I thought that was super powerful because just that discontent that that revolutionary spirit That's driven through education. That's kind of what we're seeing everywhere today is we have all these, these talks of revolutions and overcoming and discontent for the country. And that's out of the educated class the most.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I hear it. And I think, I think they're right. I think it is dangerous. And so uh, he's right. I think there is some danger because as, as the more and more you learn and the more and more you learn how to learn you find that there are a lot of constructs that were just built mm-hmm. that we we uh, are told told or taught as reality or how how the world works and the more that we educate ourselves the more that we look into it the more that Holy we find is different and that and and it's it, it that's how revolutions start that's how you know and i think that's why there's such a huge push in the 21st century for misinformation or disinformation mm, with uh flat earth stuff conspiracy theory things um, because uh, or or whatever vaccine vaccines you can go on and on about what misinformation is getting put out there and people use the same language i'm doing my research i'm doing you know i'm, I'm educating myself mm-hmm. but but are they are they using using frameworks to learn those things that are successful, or are they just literally going after the the information that they're trying to find? I right. believe I believe in flat earth, so I'm going to find a proof of flat earth. Yeah. Versus the other, other sort of other way around, you know, using using things like the scientific method and stuff like that to to you observe something and then uh, hypo you know hypothesize and test it and analyze the data, those kind of things. Um. And then or or, or you know, if you have a belief, what are, what do the detractors say mm-hmm. and what are their arguments? Um instead of, instead of the other way around. So I just think, I think it is risky because I think it does birth revolution. It's, it's, we've seen it historically, like when somebody finds some new thing, um, and, and people want to destroy, like destroy that because it's so, you know, dangerous, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and when you think of the, the, the revolutionary tones and, and that come with education, I, with this argument and with the dichotomy that we set up with looking at this discussion Mm -hmm. you almost wonder like hold on trades the the pushing of trade school is less dangerous and more constructive more consistent uh less less radical and as we as we look at the 21st century i think it's easy to say trade schools are popular and real but less less um commercialized than than the culture we're in currently with education and so we have such a radical existence right now and and I can't help but recognize that if all men seek to know, regardless of what they want to know, if they're not doing it scientifically, it is going to kind of spiral into this. And science is always changing. What is right with science changes. You know, some people argue that sociology isn't a science, even though Du Bois has gone through this. He's gone through sociology using the scientific method right like it there are ways to go through things scientifically even if what you're doing is not science and so it's important to point that out but there are still arguments that any of this race theory and discussion is not science it is uh misinformation it is alternate facts and and it, it's because their science is rooted in truth and this is all relative it is hard to argue that because um it's it's human it, it's all relative to what situation you're looking at and how you're looking at it. And that's why you have Du Bois who has a totally different worldview than Booker
1: T. Yeah. To me, or at least from where I sit right now, uh, Booker T is more about how to work in the system Mm -hmm. to, to, it's almost like a, I want to change the system by working in it. And Du Bois says, I want to change the system by changing the system. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be, um, and that starts with access, equal access. Yeah. Um, and, uh, to, to education um, specifically. Can you go back to what you're saying though? Like
0: Yeah, just um, the argument that sociology is not science. And oh, right. mm-hmm. just how You know, this all this area, you know, when we talk about race, when we talk about CRT, when we talk about which is critical race theory, Mm -hmm. when we discuss these elements that are relative to your experience, even if you do it scientifically, there's always going to be a group that is questioning the legitimacy of what you're talking about because it's not rooted in actual science. Um, Just like neither is Myers-Briggs, which I found I find to be very accurate but right. is it science mm, you know so right that's that's always going to be something that to contend with in this this discussion
1: right because i because science is about measurement i mean really mm-hmm. is is that's when it, if, if it boils down to if you you know can you measure it can you measure it and so with 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 things like the soft sciences like uh, sociology anthropology psychology those kind of things there is there is a lot of argument about even how things can be measured or if they mm-hmm. can be measured. And so it, it sort of breaks down to, well, I can't, you know, it's, it, it has more empirical to, data. Yeah. It has more to do with, with things internal, like internal lives of people um, as well. Like it that, or it has as much to do with internal lives that it does to physical, physical mm-hmm. or external life. So, so so, you know the hard sciences can can measure the external and the soft sciences are attempting to measure the internal uh and their their, their relationship at least is in my estimation
0: yeah but they're also this is an issue with soft science is it's it's trying to do the measurement on a collective scale typically mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. where scientists are like well hold on you can only test one individual and then right. another individual and yes you can make an estimation but it's still never going to be rooted in science because we don't know we can't we can't um, scale out with this idea um, consistency. But w- I, I want to point this one thing out with knowledge, and just, this is just for our imperfect allies. You know, the reason we get in these echo chambers is because humans are fundamentally designed to know. And what I mean by that is to have a concrete axiom that they can build on. And science, the reason why it's so successful, isn't for anything special other than the scientific method is to take what you know and challenge it relentlessly to prove that it is empirical and and, and factual. So we do this at work all the time is we have a lot of logic and reasoning games with our students. And what you always see is a student will consistently prove their own logic Until you teach them to disprove their own logic. Like, that has to be an actual, explicit process. Yeah. And so, uh, we do that at our job because uh, it's a tutoring firm, and our goal is to really unlock our students. But they don't know to do that naturally. Humans aren't told, like, humans aren't designed to do that naturally. Mm -hmm. So... If you're ever caught in the echo chamber and this is how I even this is how this conversation has gone right I, I didn't know individualism but I started hearing things that sounded opposite of what I knew and I had to challenge it and look at it and, and um, put it under a microscope and I think that is the truth of education and I think that is what Du Bois is fairly aware of right is yeah. he, he he knows that you have to be able to do that and in the south as a whole at this time many people weren't doing that it was just whatever we can do to keep Keep slavery alive is the goal right. yeah. versus actual education, which is what made it so dangerous.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of to back up a little bit, I just want to mention this in passing because I just I, ca- I just came across this this week. And I, I think it'd be great to talk about further and uh, further episodes. But there's a book that came out um, called The Knowledge Illusion by mm. Stephen Sloman and Philip Fernbach. And it's um, it's the uh, it, it posits that our knowledge is always collective and we when so so they did an experiment where um they took uh took one group and and said we found a new element in the periodic table but scientists don't know much about it now how much have you heard about this and how much do you know about it and they said those people they said oh not very much I haven't heard mm-hmm. a ton. Mm. It took a whole other group. The same gave them the same. Hey, we found this new sign this new element. Uh, you, of course, you know scientists know a ton about this. How much do you know about this? And consistently, they said, oh, "I know a little bit. I know. I know mm. quite a bit." When they had the same level of knowledge. Mm. So, and and, and we we see knowledge in this sort of way of like it's it's kind of shared like if you know someone who is a mechanic you're more likely to say if somebody has car trouble go well, let me look at it you know mm-hmm. because in the back of your mind you know jerry you know, knows it's jerry knows know. he's in our tribe he knows we can probably figure this out mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's it's, it's very very interesting um But it also is, um, I think, what we're seeing a lot now. I think we're all kind of guilty, you know, can be guilty of it from time to time. And it's one of those things that we have to check. Um, And without understanding how to learn and understanding how to build your own sort of worldview, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it can become... It can be well. It can devolve into kind of what it is now with a whole bunch of misinformation. You know, and it's the same like, and that misinformation about the inferiority of a of a of a human who has darker skin. That was it's the same thing we're dealing with flat Earth. Like the consequences are were different, much yeah. different and circumstances different, brutal. Yes. You know, but those those ideas are still as damaging. You know, mm-hmm. because it's um, because there is no. Uh, they don't allow their ideas to be challenged, right? So if, 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 if you say uh, to someone who believes an, an entrenched, untrue thing, um, you know, it's this argument that can't ever be um, argued against, mm-hmm. right? So if you say the vaccines are, don't work and then you're presented with uh, information that says they do, then, then it's like, well, where did that information come from? Who go Mm -hmm. like, you know, who's paying for this information looking for fallacies in that argument? And it's it was it's that it can't even be one. It's because because I know the truth. And if you present information to me, there's a reason that that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of allowing that information to be absorbed or or contemplated because Mm -hmm. the truth can handle it. The truth can handle the pressure of questioning, Um, you know, I think that's what we we find ourselves in on on whatever side of the political spectrum or whatever side of anything that you're a part of. So if we can't you know if we can't allow um, if we can't allow for that, then we're just gonna we're gonna keep the same cycles going. You know. Oh yeah, Endless,
0: yeah. endlessly. Endlessly. Yeah. Um, and as we as we discuss knowledge and and how Du Bois sees it, I, I think it's interesting to reflect on his whole chapter on Booker T. Washington. I just to me. That says a lot that he devoted a chapter to Booker T. And what came out of it when I read it, it was crystal clear, the the line that he's drawing. So for those that don't know, Booker T actually offered the boys a job. He said, hey, come teach us at Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. This will be great. Uh, we, we could use your intellect. And in the book, Du Bois says, they tried to pay me off. And I said, no, thank you. Yeah. Money will not corrupt me. Mm-hmm. And this goes to this this notion that Du Bois has about economics and about um, the, the kind of white devilishness of the infatuation of gold, the infatuation of money. And Du Bois sees this as the most corrupt corruption is for a human soul to be chasing gold for the rest of their life instead of chasing knowledge is is a sad reality to the boy. And that is interesting to me because if you come from privilege and you're like, oh, you chasing gold is, but you know, like, bro. It,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's not, strangely, uh, not acknowledging his own privilege.
0: Exactly, bro. that's the yeah. first one I read that the whole chapter was hard for me because I'm a divorced cat, so I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I feel you know don't touch the money, don't chase the money, don't do that, <laughs> bro. my life is cush i'm I'm chilling, you know, so yeah, it's just it it was quickly, and I, no knock to it'cause he he dropped some profound truths of how that ideology looks at finance and looks at money right and it's so it's so accurate on how people look at it because a a tradesman is about that money they are going they're working they're diligent they're counting the um they're checking their books and making sure that everything looks good and that's what booker t pushed he was like hey you're gonna have financial stability we're gonna get you there right and the boys looks down on all
1: of sure because and 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 benefiting from the system that booker's trying to um utilize Mm -hmm. and so he
0: already benefited he just didn't see his benefit from it
1: right yeah yeah exactly yeah and so and that's but that's hard because you know he's a hero so how can how can we criticize our heroes and be okay and that's that that to me is, is as important as any of the other discussion because we've got to be able to say that I agree with this person in this, these ways, and and I think he had it right here, and I think he was off here. Like even Cornell West, what I would consider the expert on on Du Bois, he even says that. Like he even says he talks about how he's he's off on some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and devoted his life to teaching Du Bois. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, so <laughs> it's like. Uh, that we've gotta be able we've gotta be able to to see these things clearly clear clearer than maybe our four our forebears, you know.
0: Yeah. And the boys actually does a good job of of kinda of hating on your heroes because he he addresses mm-hmm. Booker T as a pioneer and a hero who yeah. he, to even take a moment to disagree with and scoff at is is um not frivolous. I forgot what word he used, but he just said it in such an eloquent way of like this is this is fool's work to be trying to take, tear down such a great man. So I right. don't want this to come off as if I'm doing this frivolously. I truly know what Booker T has done for the for people, and this—he's a, a hero for sure. With that being said, I think he's in the pursuit of white money, and I don't think that that's a good thing. Like that's basically the yeah the gist of the of the uh, chapter.
1: Yeah, and he's and, and it's almost like that uh, that Washington is the is the sign. Above the exit door, right? He he's he's what 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 Du Bois points to, and to show the thing behind him, to show mm. the thing that he's working in, to show the the thing that. Um, what I'm really criticizing is this system that's in place that nobody's acknowledging or talking about, and um, and and even heroes, even people that are that I because I, I I think at some point he's got he does acknowledge. You know like you said i it, it, he does acknowledge him in a real way you know what i mean like it's not like it didn't feel like platitudes it didn't feel like mm-hmm. it was like look i know he's right here and it feels very much to me uh contemporarily i, I at least from parallels with with chapelle mm. to me mm, like yeah if i would be in the place of i'm, I'm criticizing a hero I feel like you're really, really right. You know, you're, you've done a lot of things that I think are really positive um, for for the community as a whole, humanity as a whole. Uh, in this instance, for Dave, uh, but in this, you're really, really wrong, and you're mm. benefiting and perpetuating something I think is wrong. Yeah. Um, and then, but but when I say that, I'm pointing to something beyond that—the kind of transphobia stuff, and the homophobia stuff, and the the, the intersectionality of the things that he's talking about—that that is really Uh, the system that's kind of what I'm trying to expose and trying to talk about, you know?
0: Yeah, I I can see a little parallel there of that that criticism of our heroes and um, understanding the bigger picture. And that's where the bigger argument is where our uh, dissatisfaction lies, not with Mm -hmm. the the individual as a whole. Yeah. But, you know, and, and Du Bois is looking at the capitalist culture of America and he sees it as a problem yeah. and uh, the pursuit of money is problematic and will steal the souls of the black people mm-hmm. if they fall into that trap of chasing that yeah. uh, again he comes from uh, wealth and money so uh, it's it's a different reality to be saying those things but absolutely over, throughout the whole um, book and it, he really is reflecting on how quickly you become a serf or slave to capitalism and he sees the similarities there so starkly so clearly that that's why Bois is challenged with capitalism and with the pursuit of money is because he saw slaves go from um slaves to sharecroppers and Mm -hmm. from sharecroppers to no longer owning the land like like
1: they end up just in the same position that they always were because and yeah. Yeah. it just well, continued absolutely because i think this because i think what Du bois has seen was the system is not the system is broken still mm-hmm. and so it doesn't matter like I, I this is my take is it doesn't matter how how prosperous you are from from du bois point of view at least from my you know my understanding of his point of view mm-hmm. is that bookers always ultimately going to fail
2: mm-hmm.
1: or and failure or f- fail and because you're either going to be assimilated into a system which caused this thing in the first place mhm or you're like Reformation, you're going to get to this high level and it's just going to get taken away mm-hmm. again. Like it just, you know, your, your freedom got taken away first. Okay, well, we're going to give it back. And then seven years later, we're going to take it away again or whatever. You know, And, and so I, I, think, I think ultimately that's why he couldn't buy into it mm-hmm. to, to Booker T because he's like, you can be the best. You can be the best in the world and you're still going to be black. Yeah. And that's an issue. And that's and that, the problem with the system. Yeah, yeah. Which we I think we still see parallels with, right? I mean-
0: Well, so this is where I was, this is where I'm struggling with this argument because I think it depends on your worldview if that's true, right? So like, if you look at someone like Kanye West mm-hmm. um, or Beyonce and Jay-Z, Lil mm-hmm. Wayne, these individuals seem to have overcome this challenge um, by buying into their mm. own economic stability and the, the Booger tea kind of worldview, um, which the irony is, I, so you remember when Kanye was talking about Harriet Tubman just freed the slaves to give them yeah. to other slaves. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, freed, uh, yeah, helped the slaves escape to just become slaves to something else. That's basically yeah. what he said. He didn't say it that eloquently, unfortunately. But right. th- that's what he was trying to say about Harriet Tubman. And that's exactly what Du Bois is saying. You mm-hmm. know, like, you you were just becoming a slave to another group. Right. Uh, but at the same time, if, you, if you're able to see that, then... You take the knowledge you have of your improved slavery because it's not the, it's not as bad as it was, right? Yeah. Um. So you take the the Kanyes and the Jay Zs, and they understand the system that they're in is capitalism, and instead of remaining in that position, they become masters in a way. Like they 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 work their way up in a Booker T fashion, and then yeah. now they actually own their own system. And if that's how capitalism works, and it is some, it will always be some yeah. form of um laborers and work uh working class people against the you know what is the bourgeoisie if mm-hmm. we're talking the communism <laughs> yeah, things like yeah. that um Marxist, yeah you know, marxism yeah mm-hmm. if we're if we're talking that that's just how capitalism will always exist then i see the parallels but booker t was teaching you how to eventually become a master of your own land and it's possible it just takes dedication and years and so i i I guess I say it's both, right? Both of them are true, and if you only have one, you will always be a slave, or you will always be a pawn Mm. until you can use the understanding of both, and then you know you're a pawn in this moment because you're one day going to be a master. I don't know. I just I I found that to be a a through line. Maybe
1: I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, I think it's I think I think it's it's important to talk about because the Jay Z and let's say Jay Z, Kevin Hart, and um kanye are all billionaires mm-hmm. uh they've they've they have been i know, I know that issues with you could pull up issues with everybody uh definitely. but 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 they have definitely been a ma- major influence on world culture on human culture in general right mm-hmm. hip-hop hip-hop is the music of the world uh it's it's almost number one in every country and um uh, <laughs> you know I mean? right so uh, and stand up stand up was invented here Uh, and, um, another, another American art form that, um, again, black, black people are dominating, like Mm -hmm. just the, just the game of it. Um, but they're none of them are going to space. And to me, that's the difference Mm. is that the, the real ruling class, the real, like the, the, those that are in power that, that, that want to keep us divided, that want to keep this thing in place, this white magic in place, they're constantly moving the goalpost of what, of what success looks like of what the top of the tier is of what you can achieve and um i don't know there just seems to be it seems to be the uh, another distraction hmm. because you become part either become and you come back into the system and you, you try to make it better like you know with uh with jay-z with that uh music service you know we're gonna pay our artists more and things like oh, that yeah, yeah. Or the title you know that um rough and it's but it's and it's you know it's it's because the system doesn't want that. The system wants to keep the status quo. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think there, I, I feel like I'm not able to speak too intelligently about it, but I, I do think that it's, that is a part of it. And that's what, or at least from du Bois perspective, that it, it really doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> Eventually it's, there's just gonna be, because this, this, unscientific context is put in place, you know, unless we fundamentally change who we are, that's really not going to change.
0: Yeah, I, I, I connect with that. And I think Du Bois talks about this. So chapter seven, he kind of starts breaking down um, the, the the pursuit of money and the love of that and what, what that kind of does. But he talks about progress in a really interesting way. He He's telling a story about a family that he knew when they were, or he knew the family when they were young And then he leaves and then comes back Checks on them again and progress has happened Now progress isn't pretty um, he, he 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 paints a really good picture Of how you know we are going to continue To keep moving and the goalposts actually Will continue to move right mm-hmm. Even the goalposts of being black Moose if mm-hmm. if we're saying being black Is being a slave right Now we mm-hmm. use the same terminology And the that's not even close to the same Goalpost mm-hmm. like it's to be a black Slave today means you work at Amazon and you don't make as much as Jeff Bezos, that's not the same, right? Oh, it, wow, yeah. We have moved the goalpost on what that word means and, and the, the we kept the energy, <laughs> you know, we kept the energy the same, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't mean yeah. the same thing. And so, you know, progress isn't pretty. Um, Interesting. And he kind of starts just talking about how painful it is that you know he sees the he sees that the the family is in a better place than they were. Right. But it's damn it don't look good, right? Right,
1: right. It still doesn't look look the way that his life has even looked. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I think. I Think one thing that Du Bois recognizes, and just for his so he lived to be 95, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so man. he he saw okay. everything he yeah. saw, um, he saw from just after slavery to, um, you know, reconstruction to anti reconstruction mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jim Crow mm-hmm. to Martin Luther King to bus boycotts then to actual civil rights and uh i i, rem- I remember that he was against integration because he didn't think it would work and right. then when it worked or when it when it happened he was just like i can't believe this this is amazing like um and so he got to see it all and so when he talks about progress i i i guess i'd listen because he saw it but there was a moment where he was just kind of talking, saying, "You, you can't, you can't, you can't complain about your circumstances if you. Or how, let me see how to say this. Because progress is painful, and progress inherently will have a regression. Like just like we saw, um, Reconstruction fall into the Jim Crow. You're complaining because you have seen improvement. Like you can't. How ha- there's no way to complain." if you don't know what better is. And then when you live in better, if it regresses, you're complaining because we've moved up a little bit and how did we fall back? But that's how life moves, that's how all habits move, that's how we improve in general, is that's be- that's baked into improvement, is it's this slinky, moving forward, sliding back, moving forward, sliding back. And I just, I think regression needs to be understood as a sense of improvement. Like regression is a sign that betterment has happened. Mm. And, When he talks about this family and he looks at them, it's like, man, I feel like they've regressed, but they but they're only regressing in the sense that they have bettered themselves. And now they're they're just we're just in a moment where we're sliding back because we keep moving forward and sliding back. And that's just how things stabilize. And I don't know if we look at progress in that light, but it it's important to be able to see um, regression as a, a, a necessary step
1: in the movement forward of things. Yeah, and I think I think that gives me a little bit of hope because during those times of regression, I can say this has happened before. We know this this is the response and we know the outcome. The outcome is progress. Mm-hmm. It, it may loop back on itself from time to time, um, but like you said, when if 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 I were to if I were to say or you were to say or whoever I'm a slave to the system or I'm a slave to dot 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 is a way different thing. <laughs> 150 years 100 200 years later than it was then so mm-hmm. um so it does it does it does give me some kind of hope and i that like that hopeful expectation i know this is this too shall pass yeah this too shall pass and i think what you know, part of my <laughs> feels like my job is to be the one that said like to be a one in my cir- circles to say that we're if we're in a time of regression we're regressing because we're going here mm-hmm. like this is not normal this is not normal this is not this is not what we're we're ending up but you know you know what i mean i mean yeah. I, re- I remember i remember you know five years ago four years ago a year ago the idea that like we've got to remember this is not the way life always is and always has been mm-hmm. You know, we've actually made more progress before this time and will continue to grow there. And it's happened over and over again. So it's, so it's such a helpful message to me, at least that because,
0: well, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I remember when Hillary lost and Trump won Beer? and people felt like the world was ending. Yeah. When it's just we, we just had Obama like yeah we were gonna regress <laughs> mm. this was a lot for people mm-hmm. um and it's and they were motivated to be like yo this is too much right now and and if you know progress to have regressions naturally i think it makes those moments more stable and less anxious mm. and 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 that's important for us as imperfect allies to be able to stay strong and stable if if no one else is stable i hope we are and i hope our community is yeah um, and the yeah. Bois kind of reflects on that a little bit which i thought I I really enjoyed that chapter, just hearing it from that point of view and and also noticing how we, you know, both sides move the goalposts and and maybe that's human and Mm -hmm. maybe that is what progress looks like actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, but but you you brought up the veil Mm -hmm. um and and the differences in what the veil is for black culture and what it's like living under the veil and I think this is I, I think Du Bois has two really powerful takeaways in the book, which would be the veil and double consciousness. Yeah. And um, I I I definitely want to break those things down and unpack those, but we are at about an hour and uh, we want to keep our podcast nice, tight, and neat. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe we bring this back for another episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think the more, because you and I sat down and planned this out. And we're like, okay, we're gonna give this amount of time for Du Bois, this amount of time for Washington, this amount of time for experts and just personal reflection and stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden we're, as we're getting more and more into the material, it's like, all right, we may have to slow down.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because there's just so, specifically um, the idea of the veil, I think it's, we don't use the language anymore. I'm mean, not, least in white culture, white culture doesn't use the language anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's, the idea is talked about still. Oh, 100% and rejected <laughs> quite a bit by uh I think I know there's no monoculture but by white white culture. Yeah. Um, you know.
0: And and I I will say two things because I know we're we're, we're getting to that point we end, we yeah. end up rolling right into the next yeah. one but I will say yeah. one the word woke means you are aware of the veil. That's actually what yeah. that means. You yeah. are aware of it. And that's been co-opted. So now when you when we type in woke for anything, we know what population is actually looking. It's typically the conservative far right. It's like, oh, something's woke, and they, they, it it catches their eye now because mm-hmm. it's been kind of co-opted. um But two, the veil in this description is the black veil, and I'm really right. curious to find out what the white veil is, or what the female veil is, what the trans veil is, because mm-hmm. the veil is not unique to black. Yeah, and I think. I think we are gonna have a phenomenal discussion on this, <laughs> and I can't yeah. wait for y'all to be here with us. So come back in two weeks when we break down the boys round two. This has been an amazing. Yeah. Precursor. Uh, I, yeah. We got this. Is gonna be fun, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad that y'all are on board with this. Rich, what you thinking?
1: I I, I love it too. I love it too. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I feel uh, humbled by the material. Uh, because I I don't feel I am. I don't have. I, I don't know. I struggle with it. I, I have the intelligence to even kind of suss out. <laughs> yeah, I grapple with this though. I grapple with it, but uh, you know, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Try to do it my best anyway. I'm imperfect. Perfect. So, perfect. Uh, uh, yeah so that's what we're here to do so uh, we appreciate y'all listening uh keep keep it up thank you so much for our uh, new patrons that have joined uh you know you you have access to the live shows you can you can jump on here with, with us when we record have these candid conversations with us some things that don't make it into the show uh and be a part of the conversation and uh if you can't it's five dollars a month uh you know you can cling to the lick click on the link in our show notes and uh and if you can't contribute monetarily we totally understand please leave us uh uh, five stars and in, in iTunes. Uh, it's such a great way to get the podcast out there with with uh, investing very little, if anything. <laughs> just a little bit of time. It's just a click. Just, yeah. yeah, just a moment. Yeah. So thank y'all
0: very much. Well, as we always do, we end our shows with a piece. Peace.